Now, Asia First on CNA 938. Israel has reportedly boycotted Gaza ceasefire talks and this comes after Hamas rejected its demand for a complete list naming hostages that are still alive. A Hamas delegation arrived in Cairo for the talks on Sunday, but by evening there was still no sign of the Israelis. An Israeli newspaper quoted unidentified officials as saying there was no reason to dispatch a delegation from Israel as Hamas has refused to provide clear answers. Representatives from the US, Qatar and Hamas are currently in Cairo trying to lock in a truce before Ramadan. That's the Muslim holy month that starts in about a week. Joining us to discuss these developments is Stephen Zunes, Professor of Politics at the University of San Francisco. He's currently a visiting research professor at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden, where it's just past midnight. Professor Zunes, thank you very much for staying up late to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, first question we have for you is, how surprised are you really by Israel's absence at the truce talks? Well, there's been a lot of pressure on the Netanyahu government to uh, make some kind of deal uh, from the United States, certainly from the international community, as well as by many Israelis, particularly the families of the hostages and their supporters. Uh, but the, the, the ongoing war is actually in uh, Netanyahu's benefit uh, in terms of uh, uh, holding his right-wing cabinet together and, frankly, uh, delaying elections, which he'd almost certainly lose, uh, that would uh, take place once the uh, war is over. Uh, his hardline position, of course, has been getting a lot of uh, of. Uh, of, of upset around the world. I mean, the, 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 the humanitarian disaster from the people killed outright uh, from the bombings, but also the starvation, uh, the recent massacre of uh, people uh, waiting for flour when a food convoy came, came through. Uh, but he, he knows that those he's there's a certain uh, he'll certainly get more finger wagging from the uh, Biden administration. So far, Biden has uh, refused to condition military aid or stop his uh, uh, tendency to veto the UN Security Council when they uh, try to take action themselves. So he knows he has cover in a sense. Professor Zunes, what do you make of Hamas's refusal to name the hostages who are still alive? Uh, that uh, as unclear about their motivation. A part of it may be simply that uh, uh, in, in trying to uh, avoid the bombing and uh, they're hiding in these network of tunnels or elsewhere, they may not actually have a full count themselves, and uh, they want they, they want to avoid uh, the, the the possibility of uh, of uh, counting people who may be dead already. Or, or, or for that matter, uh, erring in the other other direction, uh, which could also, you know, lead them lead to charges that they are are, are covering up or keeping people secretly. Uh, there may be some political motivations as well, but it's it's obviously hard to tell from this end. Professor Zunas, what do you think then, given all that we've just discussed uh, at the start of this conversation? What do you think would be an ex acceptable formula for a ceasefire that Israel and Hamas are likely to agree to, given how close it has come, despite there still being gaps, obviously? Well, um, I'm not privy to what's happening in the negotiations, obviously, and uh, a lot of the details are are, 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 are are secret, of course. But clearly it's going to mean, uh, first and foremost, of course, that the, the hostages do need to, need to be freed. Uh, but also keep in mind that Israel has thousands of Palestinian prisoners. Some of them are terrorists. 
Some of them have engaged in armed struggle against uh, Israeli soldiers, which is not terrorism, but uh, there, there is still violence. And there are also some nonviolent political prisoners as well. And uh, there's, a, there's a mixture of those. And Hamas is trying to uh, get as many of uh, these people uh, freed as possible. Um, so, and, and there'll no doubt be a larger number of these uh, uh, Palestinian prisoners released relative to the hostages, but we've seen these one-sided things before. There's also, of course, the issue of getting food and, and, and medical supplies and, and other desperately needed relief uh, into uh, the, the Gaza Strip. And there's a question of how long uh, the, the, the ceasefire will last. And the length of the ceasefire it may be very closely tied to the numbers of hostages. So there are a whole bunch of factors at, uh, at, at work here. It's complicated, of course, by the fact that it's not direct negotiations. They're, both sides are going through um, intermediaries. Both Israel and the United States refuse to meet with Hamas directly. But uh, it, is a, um, it is a very touchy uh, situation, a very difficult situation, uh, to, to say the least, especially when so much is at stake in terms of civilian lives. Representatives from the U.S., Qatar and Hamas, they're in Cairo. They're trying to lock in a truce before Ramadan. Why is it so important to contain this violence by Ramadan? I mean, what role does Ramadan play in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? How has it been over the years? Well, the Holy Month of Ramadan is, is very important for uh, for Muslims. It's a time of a particularly strong religious fervor, and Hamas has, has built its uh, its policies based on its uh, rather uh, uh, reactionary, <laughs> in my view, interpretation of Islam, and uh, and and pushed that they're not just a nationalist movement but an Islamic movement. Uh, now, in, in Ramadan, you're supposed to fast and not uh, including avoiding water between uh, sunrise and sunset, though there are exceptions made for you know, pregnant and nursing women and for people who are traveling long distances and very possibly in the case of, of, of warfare. Uh, but the, 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 I think, I think the, the, the fact is, is that the, the Islamic world in general uh, is really furious at uh, what Israel is doing. They're furious at the United States uh, for aiding and abetting it. And so I think there's also concern that uh, if there's still killing going on in the month of Ramadan, it might increase the likelihood uh, that violence will spread beyond uh, the Gaza Strip, uh, beyond uh, Israel and the West Bank, uh, but to other Islamic nations as well. There's been no let up in Israeli bombing and combat in Gaza. It's also accused of obstructing the bulk of aid deliveries to, do to those in the enclave. What do you think Israel's strategy right now? I mean, they have certainly not uh, uh, lived up to uh, international humanitarian law in terms of um, uh, of their indiscriminate bombing. Uh, I mean, their, their belief that they could blow up an entire apart uh, high-rise apartment building if even one mid-level Hamas official has a flat there, for example. Um, the fact that they have gunned down you know, people in the streets. Uh, but uh, and, and and indeed, uh, but it's not just the direct killing. They're also violating international humanitarian law by not allowing uh, relief supplies in. They're certainly not adequate relief supplies. This has led the United States and other nations to engage in airdrops, but uh, airdrops are not very efficient. Uh, they're very complicated. I mean, they can land on top of roofs. They can land in bombed out buildings where there uh, may be unexploded uh, unexploded ordnance. I mean, it's 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 a uh, not a very effective way of, of getting relief. And there's literally starvation going on, uh, which, of course, could compound uh, uh, the, the high civilian uh, death toll. So there's 
um, a lot at stake here. In terms of Israel's motivation, we've clearly seen that both Hamas and Israel have very little regard for uh, innocent life, life on the other side. And it's a, it's, it's a tragic to see it unfolding uh, in the way it has. And critics have said exactly that, that the airdrops that were done over the weekend where there were over 30,000 meals dropped along the coastline of Gaza, it's not enough. Uh, critics say that. What more do you think can be done, should be done, Professor? Well, I think the United States uh, from the beginning could have been putting more pressure on Israel. As I noted earlier, the, Obama, the Biden administration, while being willing to do some finger wagging at some of the Israeli excesses, has not been willing to threaten withholding aid or ending its uh, propensity to veto UN Security Council resolutions. I, I, I think it really it, it would, uh, if the if Biden administration was saying, hey, look, uh, all this aid we have in the pipeline for you, we're going to stop this until you allow humanitarian aid to enter, adequate humanitarian aid to feed the population. Uh, but so far, the Biden administration has not used the enormous leverage the United States has had. And we have seen previous presidents, uh, Eisenhower, Nixon, Reagan, Carter, o Obama, um, you, you know, pressure Israel to to cease fighting and to uh, to to relieve sieges. But we have not seen Biden willing to do this yet. Uh, just one more aspect to the war that we'd like to cover with you, Professor Zunas. Uh, the Ruby Ma, the cargo ship, uh, has sunk in the Red Sea, and this is two weeks after being attacked by Yemen's Houthi rebels in mid-February. The U Yemen uh, Houthi rebels, of course, uh, being linked to Iran. What are your thoughts on this in this incident, especially pertaining to the likelihood of a significant impact of widening the Middle East conflict? Well, this is the first ship attacked by the Houthis has actually sunk. Thankfully, the, the crew uh, had escaped earlier, so there are no uh, no fatalities. Indeed, there have been no fatalities in all of the uh, uh, Houthi attacks. But, you know, it's a clear violation of international law to um, attack, uh, you know, uh, 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 commercial shipping in international waters. Uh, the United States and has been taking the lead in bombing Houthi positions to try to stop that. I mean, critics, of course, will point that the United States has not been enforcing international law when it comes to Israel, and the United States is not even a party to the Law of the Sea Treaty, which is uh, they're supposed to be enforcing. But um, you know, there the the uh, the, the fact is is that uh, you know, we're, we're despite all the bombing, the Houthis, you know, have they have tunnels, they have, have places to hide these weapons. They can bring them out, they can fire the missiles, they can bring them back in again. Uh, and the airstrikes are not going to eliminate the threat entirely. I think the fact that one of the ships finally sunk is not going to make uh, much of a difference uh, one way or the other. Uh, but the fact that the Houthis are still firing on ships and the fact that uh, the United States' allies is still occasionally bombing is indicative that uh, this, con this that part of the conflict is not going to end anytime soon either. Professor Zunes, we thank you for your time. It's been uh, always a pleasure to have you on Asia First this morning. And thank you once again for joining us uh, in the late hours over there in Sweden. Have a good day ahead. Thank you. That's Stephen Zunes. He's Professor of Politics at the University of San Francisco, giving us his thoughts and insights on the latest developments out of the war of Gaza. <laughs> 